0: You're listening to The Recovered Life Show, the show that helps people in recovery live their best recovered lives.
1: And here is your host, Damon Frank. And welcome back to The Recovered Life Show. It is Wednesday, June 8th, 2022. Joined by my co-host and partner in crime, Christina Dennis. How you doing, Christina? I'm doing good, Damon Frank. Happy Wednesday to you. Good morning. Happy Wednesday to you. Can you believe we're halfway through the week? We're already into June. I mm-hmm. always feel like I'm some sort of narrator for a Time <laughs> Traveler episode. Every time I start this out, I'm like, and here we are in the right. I
0: 2022. that's. I think that might be an uh being older type of thing, right? Where we comment on how fast the world is going. No offense, because I do Christina it too. Christina,
1: Dennis just <laughs> called me old. Can you I believe we, that? We, 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 Okay, yeah. We get old together. Like we recover together. We get yes. old together. Hey, if listen, you're lucky. we- I realized that like, as I entered my fifties and I had friends that were in my seventies and eighties, and this is a great thing about recovery. If you stick around recovery, you're going to have younger friends, older friends. Right. And I realized it was like some of these guys that are, I'm in recovery and in my old school group with, uh, that meet every week, you know, they're in their seventies and early eighties. They're kicking my butt with, with what they do in their life. And I'm thinking, you know what, man, I'm still a very much of a young'un. You are. We have
0: plenty of time, right? That's the the important part. It's it's that juxtaposition. Live like it's your last day, but you have plenty of time to get stuff done.
1: <laughs> absolutely, oh well. absolutely. Oh well. Listen, we've got a great episode uh, for you. We're going to be talking about getting trapped, getting stuck in your past, right? And is it hurting your sobriety? So hold tight. But real quick, before we jump into this amazing episode. With Christina Dennis. Uh, I want to tell you guys about the Recovered Life community. Guys, if you are not, I always say guys, guys and gals, <laughs> if you are not part of the Recovered Life community, you are missing out. Uh, you can connect with like-minded people. We have got a new volley group that as soon as you become a member, did I mention it's for free? As soon as you become a member, we're going to send you an invite to our volley group where you can get free coaching. From Christina Dennis and myself, as well as connect with a bunch of like-minded people in your recovery and access exclusive content. And you can get that really easily by going to recoveredlife.us. That's recoveredlife.us. Christina oh, Dennis. Don't forget it's fun. We got to tell everybody it's, it's a fun. Lot of fun too. It is. It is it fun. Is. It is fun. And guys, I do a thing every week, every day, sorry, every mm-hmm. day called The Daily Drink, and I get on and I give my recovery thought, and then people volley back little video recovery thoughts. And I know, Christina, people are saying, I'm not going to do video or audio. You don't have to. You can just watch the volleys. If you You want to volley, that's great. People get a lot out of volleying. If you don't, that's cool too. It absolutely, at your
0: own pace, but you will know more people all over the world than you can imagine.
1: So do it. Absolutely. Guys, We've got an amazing episode for you today. We're talking about being being trapped in your past. Right. It could be hurting your sobriety. And I wanted to do this topic, Christina, primarily because of the type of coaching I do. I deal with a lot of business executives, people that are also transitioning into a recovered life, and people get trapped. All kinds of people get trapped, not just business executives. But people especially, I think, that live a high-performance life can sometimes get trapped and it really hurts their recovery. Have you had experience with this with your clients?
0: Oh, sure. And even in my own life, even in my own life, doing some of the work. And you and I, uh, one of the things that makes us such a good team is we do approach recovery from different lenses. And so a lot of my work when I'm working specifically with codependency is learning about the past. But you don't want to get to a place where you're over identifying. And that has that has happened to me several times where you know I'll have something that I'm not happy about in today. And I will make an assumption that if something had happened differently in my past, I wouldn't be here.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I want to talk about this topic because I find that this is crucial to being able to get unstuck. You know, I do Mm -hmm. a room every week. Uh, It's on the podcast here called Unstuck. The whole focus of it is getting jammed up in recovery. And what I mean by that, Christina, and you know this, like, what happens is you'll be going along. Everything will be going great. Sunshine, sunshine, flowers, roses, rainbows. Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden something will happen and you get this feeling of being stuck. Yep. And you yep. can't move. You can't do anything. All of a sudden, all the flowers, sunshine, and roses go away. There are <laughs> no more rainbows. And right. you're just stuck, right? And you identify mm-hmm. as someone who's stuck. And the being trapped in your past, that could actually lead to getting stuck in recovery.
0: It does. It really does. And not having uh, a plan to kind of uncover some of these belief systems can make you kind of go back and be frozen in that moment. You know, I work with a lot of trauma. Um, I do believe the past does give us information, but when you go back without the idea that you're going to process it, you're going to feel it, you're going to move past it. And you've got a plan either with a coach or a therapist or a team, you know, it, it it can really be dangerous and we can be stuck in the trauma response that doesn't allow us to move forward.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I think trauma is a huge one. And I think you have to separate that out. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I was talking with somebody on Volley uh, this week on the, in their community, and we were having this conversation between, you know, character defects and trauma,
0: mm-hmm. right?
1: Like, uh, reminiscing could be a character defect, right? Right. I don't like to use that, that word anymore, that phrase, because after the Stacey Danford episode where we talked about, trauma and character defects. I look at this a little bit differently and try to approach it differently but some of it's not trauma some of it's a story that we've created and I wanted to give some warning signs here of, of are you trapped in your in the past because a lot of people do not understand that they're actually trapped there and mm. what they're trapped in and here's a big warning sign that I see any current situation that you're going through is always seen through a past lens. Right, right. Right. Yes. Yes. It's always what happened when they were in third grade has to do with uh, the grocery store, not having tomatoes.
0: Right, right. Or something maybe more serious. And it's not filling in the story, that perspective, you know, it, it was surprising to me. And I think it's surprising to a lot of people that sometimes we don't remember the past accurately. And, and, every time we only have our perception, unless we go seek for other information. I have a wonderful tool that I use with clients and we use uh, called the fear inventory. And there are definitely statements and belief systems that are a direct result of something happening. But if we don't finish out that fourth column with evidence that shows us that that fear is no ap- no more longer applicable, that there are actually instances and occurrences and, and all kinds of things that have happened that don't speak to this belief that we have, we are doing ourselves a disservice.
1: Well, I think I think this is the thing when... when a past trauma or a past experience, right. Mm -hmm. Uh, Where we build armor and a story out of it. And I, I believe really firmly, like a lot of people that I work with, including myself, I I've gone through this so many times. I have to be careful not to create a narration, a story, a dramatized story that then becomes who I am in the present tense. Right. Right. This is, this is the key. This is the key. It's like we know that access to our best recovered life and our best life in general, whether you're in recovery or not, is being in the presence in the here and now. That's the only thing that matters. But what happens is, I think so many times, Christina is that we've had these past experiences and we've made these decisions. I call them tent poles, right? Right. Well, I'm just not smart enough or uh, I'm not talented enough to be able to do this or uh, things don't work out for me when it comes to money or relationships or fill in the blank, right? And what we do is we create a story and it's our narrative and it's how we interact and approach everything. And then lo and behold, Christina, guess what? That starts coming true. It does. The universe starts to say, well, if that's what you want, I'll give it to you.
0: Yes. Those dangerous. Anytime you start using a belief or using the phrases, this always happens to me. I'm unlucky. This always happens to me. You know, one of mine was, you know, I had to move out at a very young age. And so I didn't attend formal education right after to like a lot of my friends. And it was an unfortunate situation. It was it was a a, a harm that was done to me. But for a long time i held on to the belief that because i didn't get that opportunity or break like my friends i was always going to be mistreated at work i was always going to be overlooked i had to finish the story i had to start pointing to things and working with somebody that says well wait a minute what about this award and what about that promotion and what about and i had to you know, fill out the information and acknowledge that there were a lot of good things that happened too.
1: Yes, absolutely. You know, and this is the thing that I want to say is when you build a story in a narrative about who you are, what happens is you feel that you need to you need to replay that narrative over and over and over again. And what happens is it becomes part of your personality. What you believe is your personality. And it's really the ability to be able to identify, like you said, you talked about the fear inventory. I think coaching is really good with this. You know, One of the things that I didn't like personally, this is me personally, right? Speaking that I didn't like about therapy is they would never tell you what was going on a lot of the time, right? Like with therapy, it was like, you'd have to come to it yourself. And a lot of times I was just like, do I have to go down this road? Can you just give me a warning sign? It's like, I remember one time in therapy, just telling the therapist is just, just tell me what's going on, Uh what I need to do. Right. Yes. And what actions I need to take. She's like, it doesn't work like that. You know, no. And I'm like, but coaching does work like that, you know. And it does. one of the things is having great people in my life, great mentors and coaches and stuff. They would say, Hey, you know what, Damon? You've created a story that you're like this. And I'll, I'll tell you a big one. I'll tell you a big one that I had. Um, You know, I share a lot of the times on recovered life discussions that I'm super dyslexic. Mm -hmm. And I really, I barely made it out of high school. Like I'm, I'm that kid. Now I went on after I figured out what was going on with me and spent a year, just a year learning how to deal with dyslexia. And then another two years at a junior college, I went on to go all the way through to graduate school, but I had built a story all the way up until that time that I just, am just not that smart. I just, I don't have the ability to be able to do formal education. That was not true. That was not true. But I built such an existence around that, um, that it really hurt me for a long period of time.
0: Absolutely you bought into the belief system that maybe wasn't yours to begin with, but then you double down on it, right? You you know, you said, oh, this really is what is happening. And then you look at every instance that could be just something that really doesn't say you're smart or not smart. and you see it through those eyes. And what we seek, we find. I love that you brought up the word personality because that comes from the word persona. And the root of that word is actually a mask. You know, isn't that interesting? So uh, there's a lot of research about, you know, genetic and nurture and all kinds of things, epigenetics, uh, the, the genes that produce substance abuse disorder, all that. Nothing will overcome your life situation more than you filling mm-hmm. out the story and working with somebody giving yourself the time. That's why I love um, I love coaching and I love coaching people and I love to be coached because it has that compressed time frame and it allows us to move forward and start adopting universal truths and start Absolutely. dismantling lies.
1: Well, the absolute truth for me, I know one of the biggest breakthroughs that I've had in my whole recovery and just in personal transformation in general, one was that it wasn't transformation. It was more about letting go of Mm -hmm. what I thought I believed. nothing. It it was much more of a shedding of beliefs that I had, less about getting something, more about letting go of something. That was a huge shift for me. But the other shift was this idea that my narrative that I was telling myself about who I was was not only incorrect, it was incorrect, it was limiting, it had an agenda, and I was getting something out of it. These were the four things that, and the hardest part for me was what was I getting out of it? And what I was getting out of it, Christina, was the ability to be able to play small and be okay with it. Oh,
0: that gets me because I totally understand. In fact, when you just listed it off, I thought, oh, that's the one, that's the one that we don't want to look at. But you know, before we continue this, I want to let everybody know and mention the breakthrough, the recovery breakthrough coaching program that Damon and I have. It's a six-week transformational coaching program. And if you are struggling with these old beliefs, if you're struggling staying sober, if you've been sober a long time and you just want to elevate your life and move on to the next big thing, this might be right for you. Um, You can find it at recoveredlife.us. You know, Damon and I are there right away. That's recoveredlife.us. Go check it out.
1: Oh, thanks so much for mentioning that, Christina. You know, we were talking about transformation, mm-hmm. and one of the things that we that we wove into breakthrough was that so many people in recovery want to get to their next level, and that's what really what this episode's about: is being trapped. Look, yes. when you're stuck, you need a breakthrough. You need one, man. Like I, yes. you know, and and, re- and people in recovery can't stay stuck. I'm just I'm telling you, this. stuck leads to relapse. It leads to acting out. It leads to unhappiness. Now, stuck with people that are not in recovery sucks too, but it doesn't have the same ramifications. We always have to be moving. And what I like in a breakthrough is what we did is we wove in a lot of the things that we've used with our clients that make a huge impact in a short period of time. And this is the key. What I found is, is that you can drop the story about you and you could rewrite a more healthy story That allows space, a gap, if you will, to be able to grow, learn, achieve, and just be. Yes. You know, with who you are without being so trapped into this narrow story about who we are, what we believe, and what we're capable of.
0: Yes. And, you know, I will say this. Sometimes I feel bad for people who aren't in recovery because nothing helped me expand more than my recovery program and working with people that gave me the information that I needed to know that I can make changes and also gave me steps and tools that I could apply on a daily basis. I feel just like you do. Therapy is wonderful and it's great, but it can go on and on and on. And we really sometimes need that extra push. We need to be willing to look at what is the belief system that I'm perpetuating that is affecting today. Yes, that happened to me. Yes, I need to grieve it. Yes, I need to set boundaries so it doesn't happen again. But what else is holding me back?
1: Yeah, love that. Love that. And, you know, I think the thing is, is one of the reasons that, you know, that your Pat, you're trapped in your past is you tell the same stories over and over again. Right. 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 Same stories go over and over. And, you know, and I heard this. I was in this group of people and this woman came out. She was starting to talk about a relationship that she had 30 years ago in the context of it was today living it out. It's like, you Mm -hmm. know, we talk about resentments and recovery. Resentment is to relive it over again, right? Living this out. And you could tell that she had built this whole world about how she interacts in romantic relationships and in personal relationships around these two or three experiences that she had 30 years ago. And I remember saying, she, she asked me, she like, I didn't really respond. I think the way that she wanted me to. And I asked her and I said, how long ago was that? And Mm. I said, she goes 30 years. And I go 30 years is a long time. Yes. I said, do you know that person now? No. Do you hate, do you interact? No. Are you in the same city? No. Right. And I'm like, and slowly this person started to say, you know, this isn't even relevant to the here and now to where I'm at today. Yes, I right. think past experiences, look, past experience of me drinking tells me that I can't drink like my fellows. That's yes. a fact with a capital F. We're not talking about facts and we're not talking about like you're talking about trauma and yes. you deal with a lot of people who have trauma, Christina. Look, the fact of the matter is a fact. You were traumatized. This happened. It's a fact, but it yes. does not have to be your reality. Yes, that, That's the thing that I want to say.
0: Oh, I love that you bring up fact too, because uh acceptance is also something that needs to happen. And we have to accept facts and we have to accept even the trauma that went through, that we went through. And you don't I mean, this is a life lesson that I had to learn and I did it painfully. I do not have to like something to accept it.
1: Mm. Really? <laughs> I, yeah, you don't I'm still struggling with that. <laughs> <laughs> Matter I don't fact, have what what have you struggled to accept in your life that you have liked? Come on. Oh, not l- much. L- let's be honest. Not much for me either. I'm uh-uh. looking back on it like nothing. <laughs> actually, I don't think uh, acceptance sucks. I, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm just going to put this out there right now. Like I always said, you know what? recovery would be amazing if we could ditch the whole powerlessness and unmanageability. And then I'm going to throw in the third acceptance.
0: Yes. Yes. It would be so much better,
1: but so much better.
0: (laughs) But once we start practicing acceptance and I do think it's a practice, we will rewire our brain and we will not take things to the personal level that hurts us, you know, and, and I love that we had, a show about this because i come from a very caring you know generous kind position of you know let's grieve it let's feel it and let's move on from it but in some cases we can do that to a fault and we have to get up and start living the sober life that we have in front
1: of us Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, get up, take action. That's one of the things that, you know, we're big at in recovery Mm -hmm. coaching, Christina, because I know one of the things when I got into this, I'd already had decades of sobriety when I decided that, hey, you know what, I maybe want to start doing some coaching stuff. Sure. And, you know, when... You know, having a business career, I know that, like, as an entrepreneur and a businessman, I know that if you don't take action, you're dead. You could have every great, great idea in the world, but if you can't execute, you're done. You're right. done. It doesn't matter how smart you are if you can't execute. And this is what I find about dra- uh, dropping the story. It's so important to be able to drop the story, even if that means that you walk around without a story about you, because I think when you first come into recovery, the fear is, is that like, okay, listen, I'm sober now. I used to be the guy who partied. I used to be the guy who secretly drank. I used to be the guy who did whatever that story was, right? Now I'm sober. Who am I? I have nothing now, Right. right? And that is a feeling of loss that a lot of people go through. I think you have to kind of go through that a little bit if you really want to go to the next level.
0: You do. And then we get to this place, and this is the term that I like to use, psychological flexibility, mm. where we do not over-identify with any version of ourselves. And we realize that those are just moments in which we behaved a certain way, and we get to determine and see how the story moves forward. And the thing that is necessary is to have somebody help you with it.
1: Yes. 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 Oh, I love that. I like the whole the term psychological flexibility. We're going to do an episode just on that. I'm going to write this down here. Do uh, it because I think it's so good. You know, I always say what you know. The 12 steps gets a lot of flack from people that it's not as effective as it was, and you know, the mm-hmm. litany of things that go on. But one of the things that I know for a fact that the 12 step process does is it puts you in a place of neutrality for the right. first time that people can actually say. Maybe it doesn't have to be this or that.
0: Maybe, yes.
1: maybe, maybe I could just look at this without having this visceral emotional reaction that either I have to drink, use drugs, be codependent, act out. Maybe I could stay in a place of neutrality until something comes to me that's right. And yes. I and I and I think that this is really the key, Christina, is if you're unable to have the flexibility and the neutrality. To be able to see that you've created this construct about you, you're doomed to fail. Right,
0: right. And it's very difficult to do on your own. It's very difficult to do on your own. And the whole idea that we should just know how to do these things is also something that we need to be flexible around. There are many reasons, you know, codependents are not born, they're made. Um, There's some question about alcoholics, whether they're born or they're made. Um, What we do know is that the treatment to both is the same. And it's that willingness to learn a new way.
1: So if the code if they are made codependents and alcoholics, I'm wondering if they're the factory, the mm-hmm. codependent factory and the alcoholic factory are right across the street from each other. They've got to be And I bet you, I bet you they don't even have a a safe crosswalk in between there.
0: I'm sure they don't. That's part of the that's part of the obstacle course. They share parts too. You know, they exactly. share parts.
1: <laughs> well, look, I mean, I'm so glad that we were able to have this conversation, Christina, because this is the real skinny of what's going on here, guys. Yes, it is. I- I'm telling you right now, like if you really want to dive into, if you're sitting there and going, "Man, I'm kind of stuck in my recovery," these are the conversations that you have to be have to have. You yes. really have to have them. I found that after decades of recovery, you know, Christina, between you and I, we have over 50 years of recovery a continuous recovery. That's a long time. And one of the things that I've learned over this and the experience with talking with people like you is that a lot of the times we get stuck having the same conversations, those same conversations, even in recovery, it's like the whole sober by the grace of God. Yes, I am. But there's also more to it than that. There's more of a discussion than that too, that I can have on top of that. And I always find that you have to keep pushing and having these conversations. And part of that is finding a group of people like we have on Recovered Life that sometimes will ask the uncomfortable question right. and host a discussion about an uncomfortable topic.
0: So true. It's, uh, it is, I think, the reason why Recovered Life was made is so that we can have these deeper conversations and have richer lives.
1: Absolutely and guys, you can join that totally for free uh, by going to recoveredlife.us. you can you can access exclusive content. you even get some free coaching from Christina Dennis and myself. And we have a thing on there called the daily drink, which I give a thought and you could you could uh, get back to us on that thought and participate. You get access to our exclusive volley group. you get access to exclusive content. You're on our email list and it's totally for free. All you have to do is go to recoveredlife.us. Christina, this has been a great episode. Wednesday, June 8th, 2022 in the can. Any final thoughts?
0: Take care of you, Damon. Everybody take care of themselves out there.
1: Everybody go out and live their best recovered life. We will see you on our next episode.